Mother, oh mother, come shake out your cloth. Empty the dustpan, poison the moth. Hang out the washing, make up the bed. Sew on a button and butter the bread. Where is the mother whose house is so shocking? She's up in the nursery, blissfully rocking. Oh, I've grown as shiftless as little boy blue. Lullaby, rockaby, lullaby, loo. Dishes are waiting and bills are past due. Pat a cake, darling, and peek peekaboo. The shopping's not done and there's nothing for stew. And out in the yard, there's a hullabaloo. But I'm playing kanga and this is my room. Look, aren't his eyes the most wonderful hue? Lullaby, rockaby, lullaby, loo. The cleaning and scrubbing can wait till tomorrow, but children grow up as I've learned to my sorrow. So quiet down cobwebs, dust go to sleep. I'm rocking my baby and babies don't keep. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital, and that was a poem by Ruth Halbert Hamilton. And I don't entirely agree with this lovely poem as much as it brings a tear to my eye, and today I'll share why. So in case you've never met me before, I'm a mindful parenting coach. I'm the mother of four and my goal is to help you say goodbye to clutter, chaos and conflict and reclaim peace, presence and play for your family. And today I'm going to talk about this concept that we can either have a clean, beautiful house or we can care for our children, but we can't have both at least not if we want to try and stay sane. The show notes to this episode can be found over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 25. And if you know another parent who struggles with keeping a clean house, balancing that life work feeling of managing a household, maybe a career as well, um, bringing up the kids and staying sane in the process, please tag them over on Instagram, send this out via email, just share the episode on SMS, and also take a selfie or a screenshot and tag me on your stories on Instagram. I love to see where you're listening. I'll be in the comments over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 25. And a big shout out to those of you leaving me beautiful reviews over on iTunes. I so appreciate it. Here's one that Nia wrote, and I just had to share. She wrote, absolutely amazing, life-changing. I've been a huge fan of Avital's for a while now. I became a mom two years ago. And since then, I can't go a day without thinking about all the things I've learned from Avital and how I want to apply it in my life. I've been a happier mom thanks to her. Having the podcast to listen to while my daughter sleeps has been so amazing. I'm whispering to myself, yes, yes, yes. Thank you for all you do. You're truly amazing. I can't wait for the next episode. Nia, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life to leave this review. It means the world to me. And I love that you said you've become a happier mom thanks to what you've learned here. Because a lot of people sometimes say to me, well, you work with kids. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I don't work with kids because I don't. I don't work with children. I really am here to work with my fellow parents and to explore with them how we can be happier. And as a byproduct of that, our children will be happier. I am sure of it. 
So today I want to talk about one reason we're not so happy. And I am going to share over on the show notes a meme that travels around the interwebs, and perhaps you've seen it. Have you seen this? It's a uh, three-sided triangle. That was a stupid thing to say. All triangles are three-sided. That's basic geometry. Uh, I hope you don't homeschool Avital because you don't know geometry. But anyway, it's a triangle. It's a triangle. And at the top, it says your sanity. And then on the bottom two corners, on the left, it says happy kids. And on the right, it says clean house. So basically, happy kids, clean house, your sanity. And on top of all of that, it says pick two. I have a bit of a problem with this dialogue that we have to pick two, that we can't be sane and have happy kids if we want our house to be clean and that we can't have a clean house and happy kids if we want to stay sane and that we can't have a clean house and our sanity if we want our kids to be happy. It's kind of painting us a picture that either we're OCD, very, very, uh, you know, controlling and uptight and, uh, you know, a stickler for, for cleanliness and extremely preoccupied with cleaning the house, right? People who won't allow children to have a little fun and get muddy sometimes and embrace the mess of childhood and play with some sand or whatever. Or we're relaxed, hippy-dippy, happy-clappy people who value what's truly important in life, time with our kids, and are happy to live in insanitary conditions and let hygiene go to pot and don't care about the aesthetics of our home. Because who cares? I'm playing ponies. (laughs) I know, I know this is meant to be a joke, right? I get it. And I laughed the first time I read it. And I felt a sense of relief of like, oh, phew, we don't have to do everything. Oh, phew, I'm not the only one who struggles to stay sane, keep a clean house and have my kids be happy. Great. Right. And I get that that's what this is about. And I'm not trying to get all extra serious and philosophical about just a simple meme. But I also think it's an invitation to go a little deeper into these messages that us parents receive around our happiness, around our sanity, around cleanliness and order, around dichotomy. So let's look at the definition of dichotomy. A division or contrast between two things that are or are represented as being opposed or entirely different. A rigid dichotomy between science and mysticism for example. I'm always weary of messages that suggest a dichotomy in our lives. I'm much more interested in integration, in integration of the various parts of us. I think when we're given this message that you should let the cobweb sleep and the dust can rest because you have to rock your baby and babies don't keep Am I the only one who gets a tear in my eye when she says babies don't keep? Um, I think when we hear that, it suggests to us that we have to sacrifice one area of needs, such as a clean home, in order to achieve the other area of needs, such as happy kids. But today, I want to look with you at balance, at the middle road, at, at Uh, integration, in essence, of those different needs. At 
pitching things not against each other, not as drawing away from each other, but rather as all pieces of the same puzzle, which is our lives. What does balance look like? I want you to zoom in with me. Imagine we're in an anatomy class and we're looking at a, let's call it a plastic set of bones and muscles and ligaments and skin and we have to piece that puzzle together. So imagine what it takes for a pair of healthy legs to stand and let's imagine standing on one foot, okay? So you've got all those anatomical images in your mind of what's inside of your leg, what builds up your leg. And now I want you to imagine that you're in yoga class. Maybe you don't do yoga, but imagine you're doing tree pose, which for my non-yogis is simply standing on one leg. Standing on one leg, and if you happen to be drying your dishes or something, I invite you to stand on one leg and just observe what happens. How do you stay balanced? What is true balance? We tend to think of balance as the artificial balance displayed on scales, for example right? If you have kind of Lady Justice's set of scales and she's balancing two sides of the scale and eventually they're in perfect balance and it looks like equality between the sides and it looks like stillness. That set of scales with the two golden cups suspended from, you know, strings or chains and with a bar across the top is perfectly balanced when it's not tipping to one side or the other. But if we come back to your leg and to the anatomy of your leg, for example, you'll actually notice that there is a ton of movement inside your leg there when you're trying to balance. You wobble. You wobble, you move, you sway. The toes clutch at the floor and then They loosen their grip as the arch takes hold of the floor. And then the ball of your foot versus your heel, you're rocking a little bit back and forward. The various bones in your ankle and up your calf and all of the muscles and ligaments in the whole system that's trying to hold your weight in place is compensating and moving and swaying back and forth organically. That's what balance looks like. Embrace the wobble. Rather than saying I can either have a clean house or I can have happy kids or my sanity, rather than creating a dichotomy, why don't we see that it's never perfectly balanced because life isn't still? We are not artificial scales. We are not one simple system of just two things trying to get into 100% equality with each other. We are an ecosystem. We're organic creatures living an organic life. And our life, like all life, is cyclical. All things are forever dying and being reborn and living and then dying again. So one member in Present Play recently posted, and shout out to all my Present Players, one member recently posted... Why do I even bother cleaning up? 
and she posted a picture of Cheerios everywhere. And we all had a chuckle and we could all relate because just as you've cleaned up, the kids come in and make the mess again, right? So my first reply is, I totally feel you, sister. I get it. I think that way the whole time. And it's easy to say, don't cry over spilt milk. But sometimes we actually want to cry over spilt milk, particularly if it's breast milk. Am I right? But anyway, I digress. Number two is a bit more of a philosophical response to that picture of the Cheerios and the question, why do I even bother cleaning up? My second response is, why do we bother with anything? Nothing is permanent. Why do we bother building our lives? Why do we bother raking the leaves? Why do we bother planting seeds? Why do we bother having children? Why do we bother being born? Everything dies in the end. Everything creates a cycle, right? There are seasons to everything. And so if you start to look at what goes on in your home as many seasons, right? The season of breakfast, the season of diapers, the season of book time, the season of bath time, the season of vomiting. (laughs) Shout out to anyone who has a stomach bug right now. It's a season, right? And we have to deal with the mess, with the cycle, with the life, with the organic wobble and sway of that season. So why do we bother cleaning up our homes? Because we live in our homes. And having a clean home and a lovely, orderly home brings us a sense of sanity and joy as well. But... Why do we bother with the mess? Why do we let our children play with the beans or paint or come in with the mud or eat with their fingers sometimes or whatever it is, whatever mess is happening? Because we're alive, because we're humans, because mess is an integral part of being alive. It's like asking a tree, why do you bother to shed leaves? You're just going to grow them again next season. Why? Because it's the nature of the thing. It's the nature of our lives is that we shed, that we create, you know, waste and that we then reorganize, right? Why do birds migrate every single season? Why do anything in nature happen again and again? It's repetitive. It's redundant. Like being there, done that. Why are you doing it again? Because that is the nature of life. And I think when we start to embrace that, it's not a burden that there's mess again. Although sometimes, of course, it is. But we can kind of liberate ourselves from that point of view by just seeing it as a cyclical part of life as a cycle of life. The interconnectedness of all things. Here's another reason that I have trouble with Ruth's lovely poem. And it is beautiful. And there are moments when, yes, you have to just let the mess be. There are times when it just doesn't matter because right now you've got to rock your baby. Totally. You're right. But there are also times when you've got to let your baby fuss a little because you need to clean up. And that's allowed too. You're allowed to want an organized space. You're allowed to thrive in exactly the type of home that feels good to you. So this is about choice. You're allowed to put 
your baby down and do the things you need to do. And you're allowed to pick your baby up and let your house go to pot. It's up to you. It's about self-knowledge and knowing what works for you, what feels good, what serves you and your family in the long run. Because all things are interconnected. All elements of your life pull together as a team. The clean house supports the kids. The kids feel better in a clean house, right? Think more clearly, play more deeply, feel more relaxed. You are more relaxed in a clean house. You're more likely to invite friends over. You're more likely to connect with others. You're more likely to take pictures. You're more likely to have time when your house is clean. And the the opposite is true too. Kids support the clean house as well. Kids are part of our communities. Kids are part of our household. They can clean with us. I recently read a wonderful book by Julie Bogart called The Brave Learner, and it's aimed at homeschoolers, but it's just a great parenting book all around. Um, And one of the beautiful things she said there was that she doesn't require her kids to clean up. She went down that path, she tried it, and it backfired. And she said that whatever budget you can muster to get cleaning help is a great idea to release everybody of that burden. But she also said that she asks them, she asks them, please can I have your help when you're done doing what you're doing? Please, can you be part of this household? Please, can I appreciate that you are helping me? You know, not in those words, but just saying, hey, let's clean the table together. Can you help me? And accepting their no, but also encouraging a sense of togetherness in this. I'll give you an example from my own life, which is that my child, my children, two of my children play a lot of Lego. And we have a whole Lego area dedicated in a corner of our room. And it gets overwhelmingly kind of strewn with Lego pieces because they're building so, so furiously, which is beautiful. But I go in there and do Lego with them from time to time. And whenever I do, I feel like I can't focus. I'm the type of person who needs a clear desk in order to do any work. And so I say, hey, before I do Lego with you, can we clear up? And we do this once a week. And they don't love it in the beginning, but they know they love the results. At this point, we've done it so often and I've helped them with it that they love starting a fresh kind of clean slate, putting away all the pieces that aren't important right now and keeping out the pieces that are. And so kids learn the importance and the joy of having a clean environment. Whenever we're in our art room, we call it, we go there every day and we do different projects. We can't start a project before we clean our table off. So it's always clear. And I think that supports the kids and I think they support that as well. And so all areas and all elements are interconnected. That baby that we're rocking in the poem benefits from the mom who feels more relaxed because the home is hygienic and clean. And I'm not talking about catalog worthy. None of our homes are going to be catalog worthy while we have kids. No, it's not for Pinterest. It's not for Instagram. It's not for anyone else. It's for you. And that leads me to the next thought, which is that you are worth it. You're worth the upkeep. Your body is worth caring for. Your home is worth caring for. Your children are worth caring for. Whether you do it yourself or you outsource it, you are worth the energy and the effort that caregiving takes. You are worth the clean countertop. Another member in Present Play recently said, 
I have my flow all down and I've built my schedule because, you know, we built, we build our rhythms together in present play and she built this wonderful flow. But when she wanted to load the dishwasher and it was time to do that kind of thing, she just couldn't motivate. She couldn't get herself off the couch. And we explored together why. And I said to her, I have a question. If you had a plane to catch, would you get off the couch? And she said, yes. And I said, why would you find the motivation to get to the airport on time? And she said, well, because I've bought a ticket. I don't want to waste the money. And I said, yes, because we value money in our society, right? Of course. Yes, we all value money. We've learned that it has value. But why do we value money? Well, we value money for lots of different reasons, right? Money could buy us safety. It could buy us security. It could buy us the things we want, the food we eat, the shelter. It could also buy us status or uh, recreation. Lots of different reasons we value money. We realize what we can get in exchange for it. And we value those things, right? One of the things money can buy us is our time or anything that helps us to feel good, like new clothes or healthy food or a gym membership. We value money because it's going to give us the type of life that we want. That's the theory, and often it's the practice. But clearing your dishwasher is also going to give you the type of life that you want. A clean kitchen and a clean countertop is also something that this woman wants. And I bet you're listening right now, and I send you a big hug. So we have to realize for a moment that it's not a chore. It's caring for our sacred temple. It's caring for our sacred body. And yes, it's also a chore. It's also annoying and tedious and not what we most want to do. Fine. But it's also something that we're worth it. We're worth it. We deserve it. Just like you deserve that plane trip and you deserve to get there on time and not to waste the money that you worked hard to to earn. You deserve the clean kitchen and not to waste the time and the life that you've been given by feeling, you know, grumpy and frumpy and messy at home. You deserve to feel beautiful and soothed and relaxed and cared for in your home. And your worthiness isn't dependent on a clean home. And that's the flip side of this. You know, yes, your home is worth cleaning and you're worth having a clean, tidy home. But your worthiness is inherent. If you have a very messy, very cluttered, embarrassingly, you know, hoarding home, then you're still just as worthy. It isn't dependent on that. Like, how can I illustrate this? Imagine a baby, right? A baby is worthy, right? They're worthy of unconditional love and respect. And they're worthy of keeping clean and caring for and being in a clean environment and They're worthy of having their diaper changed when it's dirty. But if someone doesn't change their diaper immediately and they're dirty for a while, they're still worthy. (laughs) Their worthiness isn't dependent on it. The value of the baby hasn't dropped because they have a dirty diaper. It's just something we can take care of for them. See yourself as that baby. If your home is dirty, it just means it needs cleaning. And you're worth that. And if you can't get it cleaned right now, then that's okay too. It will happen when the time is right. If the diaper goes unchanged, it might not feel ideal or cushy or fun, but they'll be okay. And they're still just as worthy. And finally, I want to talk about sanity because that meme talks about sanity and says that you can't have a clean house and happy kids and your sanity. 
When you hand over your sanity to static perfection, it's like handing the keys to your happiness to a raccoon. It's not going to work. Don't hand the keys to your happiness to a raccoon. Your sanity needn't be dependent on the clean house, nor is it completely separate from the clean house. They're in a relationship. And the thing, the fabric, the glue of that relationship is your thoughts about it. You own your sanity. If you make the status of your home the thing that makes you insane, then you'll be insane. If you make the status of your home the thing that you treat with a level of detachment, then you'll stay sane. And if you make the status of your home something that you can change, you can actually manipulate and control in the way that you want to as much of the time as you can, then you'll feel sane too. So the point is that you own your sanity. And of course, a messy, crazy home is going to make you feel a little crazy on the inside. And a neat, tidy home might make you feel more sane on the inside. And for some people, that's not going to be true. Some people are going to prefer a messy, crazy, cozy living um, environment. So you own your sanity. You decide what makes you sane. But if you hook it on a state of perfection, of always having a perfect home, then yes, it will lead to insanity. So just unhook it from that. Don't hand over those keys. So rather than seeing that we have to either choose housework and either choose a happy home or choose happy children, how about we say that we can choose both? That we can sometimes invest our energy in our home and sometimes invest our energy in our children and sometimes invest them in both at once and sometimes our children will help us with the home and it's going to be an organic living, cyclical, beautiful, magical thing that doesn't make us insane. That in fact, we feel very sane in, very cared for in, very powerful in within the confines of our home. We feel that it's a sacred temple that together we upkeep and together we thrive in and that it supports our learning and our cuddles and our fun and our roughhousing and all the different things that we do happen within these magical walls and we're grateful to it. And it doesn't have to look like a catalog in order to feel sane, in order to feel that we're worth a tidy, simple home and a happy childhood for our kids. We don't have to make our kids miserable about it because it's not a miserable thing. It's the tree that we live in and trees shed leaves and then they grow new leaves. And in our home, there will be messes on the floor and then we'll sweep them up and that will continue throughout childhood. We don't have to let it all go to pot and say, I don't care about cleanliness because I'm raising children. Uh, no, we can care about cleanliness to an extent without driving ourselves crazy whilst we're raising children. And we still don't have to be, you know, germophobic and uber sterile because that's not healthy either. So I'm here to advocate for the middle of the road. I'm here to advocate for a new definition of balance, which is a cyclical sway to the toes and back to the heel letting the leaves fall and grow again. 
Now, if you'd like to know how you might inspire your children to do quote-unquote chores, although I don't like that name, it's really just household contribution, managing a home. Um, And if you'd like to kind of get them on board and be part of a household, which I highly recommend that we all try to do, then watch this week's YouTube video. It's over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash blog, and I'll meet you there in the comments because I'd love to hear yours. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.